BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey guys, welcome back to We Met at Acme. Wow, what a couple of weeks it has been. It's so crazy that, I mean, all of you had the most the kindest words to say in response to our engagement episode. I mean, like my whole heart is completely filled with all of the really touching and sweet messages that you sent. So thank you so much. Every single one. I like wanted to post all of them, but that's like a ridiculous shrine. And I just want you to know how much it meant to me. And I shared a lot of them with my fiance and it meant a lot to him as well. I'm going to start by answering a few of your questions about wedding and engagement stuff and then get into other questions and then this amazing episode today with Jenna and Nikki who have great perspective. Someone said, so happy for you guys about your answer about insecurity and not feeling like you quote unquote had this in the bag and being 90% secure and 10% insecure. I totally agree. But can you ask Steven the same question? Did he feel similarly? And did he ever think that something he did would turn you off from him? So I just asked him this. And unfortunately, he refuses to answer on the podcast. Although he did tell me that he will come on future episodes. Um, I may or may not have threatened to cut off his genitalia if he didn't. But he said that in earlier on in our relationship, there was like, I think we had been dating for like a few months. We hadn't defined things just yet. And I invited him to my Oscar viewing party. This was like pre-COVID. And it's so funny because I always invite and include people when I'm dating them. Like that's just my MO. Like I am a Libra. I'm social butterfly. Like everyone's invited. Everyone's included. And I didn't expect him necessarily to come, but like I invited him and he came and he just said to me that he thought that that was like too eager. And he was nervous that him having come to the party was like fucking things up and making me feel like he was like too like excited and you know, all of that stuff. So that was an interesting perspective because I, if anything felt like while he was feeling like, Oh my God, am I too eager? I was feeling like, oh my God, is it too early to invite him into like my friend group? So it's just interesting how you can be feeling very similarly. How is wedding planning going so far? It is going well. Thank you for asking. We have hired wedding planners and I say planners because it is not just one, but it is a couple and they wedding plan together. So it's like a two in one deal, which is amazing. And 
you know, I looked at dresses this past week and there were some amazing ones. And that's kind of it. Like we haven't chosen a venue. We haven't like hired any vendors, chosen a date just yet. I am going to do my birthday slash like an engagement like Lahayam, which is just basically like a toast in the Jewish religion. And we're going to do that on my birthday, which is September 28th. But other than that, nothing is really planned. It's so funny because I post on Instagram, like I posted on Instagram that we found my um, rehearsal dinner outfit and or dress or, you know, whatever it is, because that's going to be a surprise. And so many people are like, oh my God, you're moving so fast. Uh, Or like, I've been engaged for two years and I haven't found that. And just like a lot of different commentary on it. And like another person was like, when's the wedding? Tomorrow. And it's like, okay, first of all, like this shit takes a long fucking time. It takes like six plus months to get these outfits in a setting to wear. Like you have to take them to tailors, tons of alterations have to be made. Like this is a process. So like, yes, I'm starting the process right away because that's what I do. I'm an action person. Like if my friend is like, let's go to Tulum. I'm like, great. I just booked it. That's just what I do. Like that's who I am. And I'm not going to change that, especially not for my wedding. You know, I'll answer like a few more wedding questions. Someone said your dating journey to find your fiance. Well, I kissed a lot of frogs. I'll tell you that. And I think, and I was talking to someone on Insta DM about this. Like I had to deal with toxic relationships and things like that in order to know and recognize the relationship that I'm in today. And I think that that sometimes is part of the process. Like it just is. That's just how it goes. And some people don't have to deal with toxic situations, but... I definitely did. And I had to learn what is not toxic and what is healthy. So it is certainly a process. And sometimes you don't even know you're in a toxic relationship until you're in a healthy one, which is really, really wild. Somebody said how to not feel like you're passive slash have no control when dating as the girl. It's so funny because to me, this is the opposite. Like you have all the control when you're dating as a girl because you're letting them pursue you. So if they aren't pursuing you, if they aren't reaching out, you know, they're not interested. But if they continue to pursue you, you have all the control. Like you have them wrapped around your finger. You're not saying anything and they're reaching out to you. It's only when that dynamic switches, when you start to reach out, that you lose that control. And I think that that changes obviously once you're official. But if you do that beforehand, that's when things start to switch. And like I talk to so many people who are like, oh my God, they liked me so much. But then like the second I started liking them, they got over it. Like that is the reason. Is there such thing as trying too hard when it comes to dating slash finding someone? Absolutely. There is such thing. And like, if you don't have anything else going on in your life, you're going to come off as trying too hard. Like that is just a fact. It's it's just a fact. What men think about after a breakup? Do things remind them of the ex, et cetera? Of course, Men are human, just like we are. And everything probably reminds them of breakups and of exes, especially recent exes. Like men go through everything the same. They just don't necessarily talk about it. And that's actually interesting you bring it up because Nikki, um, you know, the guy who we interviewed in this episode along with Jenna, but Nikki speaks a lot about a male perspective and kind of 
things that you might not think that guys are thinking and going through. So I think you're going to really, really like that. Okay. A couple more wedding questions and then we'll get right into the episode. Someone said, how did you know your fiance was the one after your first date though? Honestly, it wasn't necessarily the date itself. On the date, of course, we vibed, we jived. He asked me a lot of really interesting questions and I felt like he was interesting and he was interested. And that turned me on. I had already kind of enjoyed who he was as a person before that because, you know, as a lot of you loyal listeners know, I knew him before we started dating. He went to high school with one of my friends from college. So I knew of him. I knew his deal. I knew his vibe. And I kept saying to myself, like, he is so good on paper. Like, if he's good in reality, like, that's it. That's a done deal. Not that it matters what he is on paper, but I was like, because he's so good on paper, I'm probably not going to like him. He probably sucks in reality. There's no way his personality is like a match for mine. And then after our first date, I was like, oh, not only is he so good on paper, not only is he so handsome, so sweet, he is also great. And we have a connection. So like now I'm either screwed or this is my husband. And so the optimistic person in me was like, this is my husband. Since you've said that your fiance doesn't have Instagram, do you feel like he understands your work? I actually really do. And this is so important because so many exes of mine were just like completely offended and took it personally when I would be like on my phone responding to direct messages. Like DMs is part of my work connecting with you guys and responding to you and cultivating relationships with you is a huge part of why I do what I do. And it's so important. So obviously, as a result, I have to spend more time on my phone than the normal person. And he is so understanding of that. So understanding would never make me feel bad about it. And when I, I'll show him messages of support or, you know, sweet things that people say, or sometimes mean messages I'll show him. And he is like just as excited for the good messages and just as upset about the bad messages. And he's never like, this is stupid or, you know, like, I don't understand or I don't get it. He is so understanding of my work and I'm so understanding of his work. And we both work really hard. And I feel like that's a really good recipe for being able to respect each other is if you have a similar work ethic. Anyway, into the episode now. I I really hope you enjoy it. Jenna and Nikki are wonderful and I'm excited to hear your thoughts. I was just thinking, like I was looking at the Met Gala photos and I'm just like, everyone who works in fashion works their asses off. Like they work so hard. It is ridiculous. And they're working 24 seven and I just don't even get it. And I think about like these amazing platforms like Issue, for example, that help make it all work. Issue is an all-in-one platform and it helps to create and distribute beautiful digital content. So like fashion books and brochures, marketing materials, magazines. Like if you're throwing a party, you can use Issue. And like PDFs are no longer, they're annoying. You can't edit them. Issue makes content better. Like it actually works with already tools that exist like Canva, Dropbox, InDesign. You make something once and you can actually distribute it everywhere without having to reformat any of it. It's really amazing for designers or anyone that wants to create content. You can actually get started with Issue for free, which is pretty sick. Or if you sign up for a premium account, you'll get 50 
20% off when you go to issue.com slash podcast and use promo code ACME. That's I-S-S-U-U.com slash podcast and use promo code ACME at checkout for your free account or 50% off your premium account. That's issue.com slash podcast with promo code ACME. So easy, so quick, and you really got to check it out. One of my skills that not many people know about is that I'm a phenomenal photographer. Like if you ever want that amazing thirst trap, I am your girl. Like I will get every angle, but also like on vacation, I take the occasional really artsy photo. And I took a photo like that when I was in France and I was like, this is absolutely stunning. And I want to frame this, but like, I don't know how to do this. And I don't want to have to go into a frame store and get charged like a bajillion dollars. And so I had heard about FrameBridge. So I literally went to FrameBridge's website and I uploaded my photo. It was like the easiest thing ever. Or they can send you packaging to safely mail in your physical photo. And then you preview your item online in dozens of frame styles and gallery wall layouts, like whatever you're interested in. I personally like a white background, like a white frame. And the experts at FrameBridge actually custom frame your item. They deliver your finished piece directly to your door, ready to hang. Like you don't have to do anything. You don't have to... It cuts out the middleman. You don't have to go to the framing store, none of that. And their prices start at $39 and all shipping is free. And for you guys, since I know you're shadily talented as well, you're going to get 15% off your first order at FrameBridge when you use code ACME. So get started today. Frame your photos or maybe you're giving the perfect gift to someone. Go to FrameBridge.com and use promo code ACME to save an additional 15% off your first order. That's FrameBridge.com promo code ACME. FrameBridge.com promo code ACME. Hi, I'm Dr. Will Cole. As a leading functional medicine practitioner, I have had the unique position to see so many alchemize their pain and health problems to their purpose. Now I want the same for you. This podcast is the manifesto for a new breed of health seekers, where there is a fresh infusion of grace and lightness into wellness. This is the art of being well. Join me every Thursday for a new episode. Hey guys, welcome back to We Met at Acme. I'm so excited to be here with Nikki and Jenna from We Are Not Saints podcast. Hey guys. Hi. Hey, hey. So Thanks happy to have you. you. Oh, so, <laughs> so glad you're here. Um, so for anybody who hasn't heard of We Are Not Saints, it is a new hot on the market podcast, which we're going to hear all about. And <laughs> I was a recent episode that you better go listen to after this um, and check out. So before we get into what We Are Not Saints is, we'll start with Jenna, ladies first, obviously. How old are you and where are you from? I'm 24 and I grew up in the city. So I've been here most of my life. Love it. Love it. <laughs> and Nikki, what about you? I am 29 years old, born and raised here in the city, stayed in the city for college, worked in the city after college. I am a, I'm a New Yorker. <laughs> Love it. So for everybody wondering, like, how do you not know them if you're all from the city? We actually do all know each other. Um, we <laughs> acquainted ourselves on my episode of We Are Not Saints and found all of our really hilarious connections, which we have many. But Jenna, where did you go to school? So I went, so for high school, mm -hmm. okay. So I went to Trinity, 
Um, and yeah, so from like K to 10th and then I went to Dwight both on the Upper West Side um, for my like last two years. Love that. Dwight has such like a bad rep, but I know so many amazing people that went there. But for anyone who's not from the city, (laughs) Dwight is technically, it stands for dumb white idiots getting high together. (laughs) Yeah, I moved um, from like one of the best schools to to that. (laughs) That is amazing. And honestly, really shaping in a good way because you have to like experience it all, you know? Yeah, definitely. And um, they also do have the IB program. Shout out to International Baccalaureate. That's like the main reason. Wow. I didn't even know that. That like separates the people. Like the people don't do anything versus Uh people who try a little. (laughs) I think the only people I know are the ones who don't do anything. But um, so... We'll start with Jenna again. What is your current relationship status? Um, so right now I'm single and yeah, dating. Okay. Yeah. And and Nikki, what about you? Single, very much single, dating, very proactive. <laughs> I love it. So so give us like the elevator pitch for We Are Not Saints. How did a 24-year-old woman and a 29-year-old guy who are single team up to do this podcast? Mm-hmm. Sure. So the kind of founding of the podcast was people telling me, do a podcast. Uh, that kind of came from the fact that I, you know, really put myself out there and that it kind of came from a background of not being this good, not being a good looking guy, not, you know, being, you know, the uh, captain of a sports team, nothing like that. I was kind of the runt. And I like really forced myself out of what I felt was like a very insecure shell through like, you know, just practice and, and, and being daring and asking girls out who were, you know, on paper widely out of my league. And then I, you know, started kind of giving people advice and started like pumping people up, like, come on, you can do it. Like she's right there. Like go introduce yourself. You have nothing to lose. And people are like, dude, like you gotta, you know, share this message. And so kind of, um, over the summer, uh, a friend of mine was like asking me for advice every day in her relationship. She was a, it was a girl and I, I'd write text messages for her and all this stuff. And, uh, and it was working out and she's like, yeah, you got to have a podcast. And I was like, all right, we got to have a podcast. And then I was thinking about people to do it with. Jenna's a very special lady. Jenna is, is, is young, but has a lot of experience and is, has real emotional depth. And my big thing is like, I relate to people and what resa- like re- resonates with me is like people who've experienced a lot, like darkness, light, whatever, but a lot of experience. And Jenna's, Jenna's that girl. So we I love that. Out. Definitely. I feel like um, kind of similar. I've done a lot of work on myself and like gone to therapy and gone to groups and, and programs and like constantly trying to see how I can be better and be a better person. And I've grown from a place I was like from... Uh, I've grown a lot from like a few years ago and I've been through so many relationships that I feel like I've had a lot of people come to me for advice and stuff. And so kind of just ended up being perfect. I love that. I want to go more into what you mentioned, like therapy and and group programs. Like, what do you mean by that? Because we're very pro mental health, like exploration and, and therapy on the podcast. So is it something that you would like recommend to our listeners? Definitely. I recommend like I wouldn't sometimes people like there's a stigma that something has to be like majorly wrong with you um, or something that you're seriously working on in order to have to seek help. But I don't see it like that. I think it should be like more normal for really anyone to just like 
have someone, even just like the basic level of having someone to talk to, whether that be a therapist or a life coach. Mm -hmm. But what do you mean by group therapy? Like, what is that like? Because I've never been able to experience that. Yeah. So there's, so there's obviously the therapy that's the one-on-one where you have your own therapist. And then um, there's group therapy where, you know, you talk, you talk together in a group and then there's, there's the leader of that, which is really interesting because when you find, you find commonalities with people and people going through similar struggles and hearing Mm. their stories, it's very comforting. Yeah. I love that. I feel like group therapy would be awesome. I wish we could like offer it for our listeners to like be somehow in therapy together. Um, Need to look into that. But Nikki, tell us a little bit about... So obviously we have to talk about, you know, your astrological sign. We have to get that out of the way because you know I'm obsessed with that. (laughs) I know both of your signs, but we're going to pretend I don't for a second. Nikki, what is your sign? I looked looked at all this stuff for you uh, today. So I, March 31st, Aries, I I got born, rising moon and sun. What do you want first, last? Wait, what was the first one? So I was, I was born at 11.02 PM. Okay. Just the time of your birth. I was like born. What's a born rising? Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So what's your rising and moon sign? So Sagittarius is rising. Virgo is moon. Mm. One more. No. uh, Yeah. Tell me your Venus actually. I, I only have sun, which is Scorpio. Sun. No, that's not possible because your son is Aries. No, I don't know. I got this. I'm, I'm on this. What is it called? Co-star? Uh-huh. All right. Sun, all right yeah, yeah. Sun is Aries. So Venus, Pisces. Oh, oh, Venus is in Pisces. So you are very much a hopeless romantic. Oh, tragically. Yeah. Tragically hopeless. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's so true. It's like I date a lot. And that might like come off in a certain way, you know, people label it like a player or whatever, but like, it's so far from the truth. I'm like on this quest to like find a perfect match for like my emotional intelligence, my emotional depth. You know, we had someone on our show talk about what's important. He said, appearance, ambiance or style and emotional intelligence. The appearance for me is like the last thing. Like what's so key is like someone walks in, they have that it thing, that spark, their style, they're like, they walk in a room and you sense them. And then after that, if they like start speaking to you and you guys like match on an emotional level, like that's the dream. So I am a total romantic when it comes to that. And I do believe it's out there. And I've had that before in my life. Mm-hmm. My whole theory, my whole theory is like, that doesn't just like fall into your lap. Like my whole theory is like, that takes work. That takes real proactivity and fear facing and so that's why I date a lot. And that's why I have enough dating experience to have a dating podcast. I think there's nothing wrong with dating a lot. I feel like it shows that you do want to find love. Like why else would people date a lot? I, I, I don't understand why anyone gets shit for that. Um, Jenna, what about you? What is your sign? So I'm a Leo. And then I also have this app. I'm yes. looking at so my sun sign is a Leo as mm-hmm. well. Uh, and then my moon signs of Pisces and then is ascendant the ra- rising. Yes, that's the rising. The rising. Okay. L- Libra. Oh, love that for you. Um, <laughs> I'm a Libra. So it means like that you come off very easygoing, like charming, almost like sometimes people pleasing. Like it might be hard for you to say no um, yeah. sometimes, um, but you you also have a really good chart. 
But I'm wondering for you, like, what has your experience been? Because you said that your friends like go to you for for dating advice. Have you been in like a couple long term relationships already at 24? Mm-hmm. Definitely. I've I feel like I've been in relationships um, like kind of a lot of a lot of my life, like more so than I've been single. And I know not saying like that's a good thing. Like it's very important to be single and kind of date around and like find yourself as well. Mm-hmm. But I feel like, yeah, um, I have kind of been in a lot of relationships, some, some shorter term and then some long, longer term. Mm-hmm. And your podcast guys, like is a lot about like, you know, as you mentioned, Nikki, like light and darkness, like what is your darkness? Like what is <laughs> your dark yeah. sides of you? Mm-hmm. For sure. So on the, like the specific dating side, I dive really deep, and we always say like my maybe dating flaws. Like I come on really intense kind of early on, and that can be like asking questions that might not be like traditional first date, just get to know questions. And I build this kind of kind of immediate almost uh, intensity, and so you know that can be dark. That can be like discussing sensitive issues when you don't really know someone that well. Cause I love like that exploratory. I love that exploration. And obviously if someone's not comfortable, I back off heavily, but mm-hmm. if, if they're up for it, which is sometimes the case and they're like, Whoa, this might be someone I can really vibe with. It can be a little dark. It can be a little light. And then as far as where that comes from, I mean, I grew up in a way that like was a lot of internal turmoil. Like I was the fat kid growing up. I grew up with like self-loathing and being the undateable guy and being the hyper emotional underdog. And it's so funny to be like a, you know, maybe, I don't know what to call it, a successful dater now, because, you know, I am in many ways, like the fat kid in the bathroom crying because he doesn't want to go to lunch. He doesn't want to be seen eating. And now I'm like having a big feast on this date and I'm loud and I'm talking to him, I'm smiling and I'm laughing and asking questions. And then it's like, oh, okay. Like this is different, but that darkness is still in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nikki and I have that a lot in common. Like being yeah. the fat kid in high school or just having darkness? <laughs> no, no, in the in the sense that in the sense that like we get really deep, like um, and we kind of don't want to just cross scratch the surface and be superficial with people. Like we really like to find out like the ins and outs and like very deeper, maybe sensitive and vulnerable questions. So how do you get deep on a date without like being too much? too soon? Or does it not matter if it's like the right person? Like, I feel like my advice or like my rules are like, you know, don't put all your cards on the table at once type of thing. Like when you say deep, do you mean like telling them that like your grandpa has cancer? Or do you mean like, just like saying, you know, like, I don't know, your insecurities? You can put cards on the table without being vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And so my whole thing is like, don't take all your armor off to a complete stranger. They owe you nothing. You have no idea what's going on in their lives. You can't trust them because there's no reason to. And yet you want to have this kind of sensitive, in-depth conversation. So you can ask questions like, hey, like what's dating like been for you? Oh, well, why hasn't it kind of worked out? What kind of things are you looking for? Oh, that guy made you sad. Why? Oh, this guy made you happy. Why? And then all of a sudden there's like this real emotional conversation that's happening that's far from bullshit that is kind of fun, but you're really getting to know someone during it. It's easy to kind of fall into this conversation and this kind of mask where everything's great in your life and it's like going well, but like when you're really starting to get authentic and genuine, you can, you know, talk about 
like the other things that are going on. And that's when you really connect, I feel like, but it's not with everyone. I feel like you do have to, for me, at least I connect more with people who are open to that. But do you think that there are some people out there who genuinely like have it all good and like don't have negative things to like about them or things to share like that, that like they wouldn't relate to that almost? I think a lot of people like there's a lot of people that live life like in a lighter way than I would say, like they don't really think too much about these deep questions and stuff. And I actually was thinking a lot about this. Sometimes I feel like maybe those people have an easier life. Cause I feel like going back to darkness, I think a lot about the meaning of life and my purpose and why I'm here. And maybe there isn't a purpose and this is all like for nothing. And that kind of gets me in my head and everything. And sometimes the people who don't think about this, maybe, maybe they just go through life a lot easier. Yeah. We actually talked about that recently. Just like our simple people happier, like our people who are not as complex or not as smart. Are they happier because because they don't think about that stuff. And like, you know, like they always say that you need to be the the quote unquote crazier one in the relationship. I hate like the term crazy, but you know, like you want to be the more complex one in your relationship because then like technically your partner is like happier. I don't know. What do you think about that, Nikki? I feel like you have some thoughts. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I was in a relationship with this incredible person. I mean, really like 10 out of 10, but she didn't have the kind of, emotional experience that I had. And what I mean by that is if emotion is on one to a 10, one being, you know, crippling, 10 being the best, happy, she like lived on a, you know, three to seven. And I've experienced one to three a lot. And I've experienced seven to 10 a lot. What happens is that person loves you and they want to be able to understand and they want to be able to help you when you're in the one to three or they want to live with you on a seven to 10. But if they're incapable of that, because it's not in them, you try to teach them, you try to do all stuff, but it's not, it's not, there's not a compatibility there experientially. And I think I found that really tough. And like, I, that's something I learned from that. I don't want to repeat in another relationship for sure. That's a really good point. So you would say that you have to have the same like emotional capacity as a partner. Totally. hundred percent. Otherwise, that depth needs to happen to communicate. You know, you can keep the superficial stuff might be fine. The sex might be great, all that. But if, when you're in like the darkness and you're really down and you're experiencing things that are really profound and you're unable to communicate that with your partner, like that's not something I want to sign up for long-term. That's so true. And like, you were making me think of a poll question, which I guess would be like, what is more important in a relationship? Like emotional capacity or intellectual curiosity? Because I feel like that to me, I don't know, maybe they're very similar, but I've been in relationships where like, I'm, I'm such a curious person and I can tell that you guys are too. And like, I always want to know more and I want to know why. And like, that's a huge reason why I started a podcast. And I feel like if I were dating somebody who wasn't equally curious about like people, but also the world around them and like ask someone that asks questions, like I would be, it wouldn't be a match. So I guess like what's more important that or like the emotional capacity? I think intellect, I think curiosity is amazing. I think a lot of people, especially you're dating in New York have kind of shared experiences. I think it's actually like really sexy when you meet someone maybe who hasn't had all the shared experiences, wants to, and is asking about it and intrigued. But 
Yeah, I think the, so I think that's great. But yeah, the capacity thing is kind of intrinsic. It's not something that can be necessarily learned. People, I, I often hear like, you know, adult depression stuff. People have never experienced depression before. And then they're an adult. They all of a sudden experience it. But if you had grew up with, you know, real elation or real darkness, like, I don't know, I think that's a different animal. And people can fake it. But if, if that's not like inside you, you're not going to be able to really understand it, I don't think. The funny thing that nobody talks about once you get engaged is how many cakes and cookies and sweets and candies and everything that people send you. I mean, it's so sweet. Don't get me wrong. Like, I couldn't be happier, but it is wild. And so I was like, you know what? I'm going to go online. I'm going to restart this week. I'm going to order Saqqara meals every day, every night, because we are going on a trip and I want to be able to eat pasta and I want to be able to eat pizza. And sometimes you just have to eat healthy all week so that like you're feeling good. And it's not about losing weight. It's not about making room for other food. It's literally about just feeling better and feeling like you're being good to your body and feeling more energy. Sakara was perfect for me and is perfect for you because they've got organic ready-to-eat meals with powerful plant-based ingredients and it boosts your energy, improves your digestion and gets your skin glowing. I had the Sakara Glow Granola for breakfast with this like pink vegan milk and it is divine. Like there were these gorgeous dried strawberries and blueberries. And I'm just like, whoa. And along with the delicious plant-rich meals, Sakara offers daily wellness essentials like supplements and herbal teas to support your nutrition. And they've got amazing metabolism super powder that you can just like pour into your smoothies. It's made with organic raw cacao and it boosts your energy, eliminates bloating once again, minimizes your sugar cravings, reduces fatigue. I mean, like what what more could you ask for? Sakara is offering our listeners 20% off their first order when you go to sakara.com slash acme. That's S-A-K-A-R-A dot com slash Acme. And you can enter code ACME20 at checkout. So com slash Acme. Did I mention I got engaged? <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm not going to talk about that every episode. I promise. Just really excited, you know, and I've never had a ring like this on my finger. And I've never had a reason to like get jewelry that complements a ring. And that's why I'm so excited because I can order all of my favorite Majuri pieces and make sure that they match my new bling. And like, what could be better? I already, before being engaged, was getting different Majuri pieces all the time. They're 14 karat solid gold staples and they don't wear out. They don't scratch easily. I keep them on in the shower. Like I work out with them. You know, they also have milestone pieces, sterling silver. They've got astrology related jewelry. I mean, it's so amazing. And whether you're engaged or just trying to do something nice for yourself, Majuri is really the best place to get jewelry. And if you have no idea what to get, you can live chat with a Majuri stylist one-on-one. You can DM me and I'll tell you my favorites. I love the stackable rings. I love, there's like a bumblebee ring that's so cute. My Libra ring I wear everywhere. And you can just style yourself. Like jewelry, I'm telling you, it just dresses up any outfit 
and it makes you look amazing. So head to Majuri.com slash Acme and you'll get 10% off your first order. That's M-E-J-U-R-I.com slash Acme for 10% off your first order. I'm telling you, you will love. So for the two of you guys, you have this podcast and you're both single and you're having this dating experience in the city, but you're a guy and a girl. And, you know, you're both, I'm like assuming from our last conversation, but like, you know, Jenna, you're dating guys, I think. And (laughs) Nikki, you're dating girls. And so it's like a different experience. It's like two different beasts, I feel like. I don't feel as if the same advice could be applied to Jenna when dating that could be applied to you, Nikki. Have you come across this when recording for your podcast or just like in your friendship in general, like trying to understand what it's like dating as a girl versus dating as a guy? We help each other out a lot. Yeah, you know? we do. <laughs> like, like, like if Jenna has, you know, an issue, you don't mind me sharing, like, has an issue with a guy, like she might be like, hey, Nikki, like what should I text him? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I can give that guy's perspective, you know, what we, what I would want to hear or not want to hear, whatever, depending on which the reaction she wants to get. And I can help her. And then I always tell Jenna about my situations. And she, you know, this isn't like gender specific necessarily, but Jenna is able to like really give me a sensitive kind of understanding viewpoint on the girl's side that I really need to open my eyes to. So I find that very helpful. Yeah, definitely. It's interesting because like sometimes I'll be like, oh, I'm, I'll read a text and I'll think of it in a complete other way. Like I'll take it completely different than Nikki saw it. And so it's interesting to get both perspectives because it's very helpful. Yeah, that's really interesting. I feel like I definitely could have used more of that when I was dating because whenever I give advice on like, you know, a girl texting a guy, which is most of the time the case... I feel like I'm spot on with it. Like I know exactly what the guy wants to hear. It's very straightforward or vice versa. I know exactly what the guy means. You know, if he's not texting you, he's not interested in you. If he's not, you know, if he's only texting you after nine, he just wants sex. It's like, you know, blah, blah, blah. But whenever I give advice to guys about texting girls, I find that I am confused about what the girl's intentions are. And like, it's made me realize that girls are actually so much harder to read Then guys, like I remember I have a good friend and he was dating a girl and she, or so I thought like was just not interested in him. And I was like, dude, like you need to move on. Like, she's just not, she's not interested. And now they're married with a baby. And I was just (laughs) like, so wrong. And I'm just like, whoa, like, am I, is it really so different? Like, why is that? You know? I think that my best advice to guys especially in early dating, first date, second date, set a time, set a date, push for intimacy. Meaning like set a time you're going to meet and do it at a nice restaurant or do it under the walk in the park, something that you get to know. And my best advice to women is don't chase, especially if the guy is clearly not chasing. Mm. And those are like my two thesis how to's uh, as far as the advice I give. Yeah. We always say like, put in the same effort, kind of like the other person is putting in, like match them, like right, match do them. more than the other. But I don't like texting a lot before I meet someone. I don't like that at all. So I often like kind of just kind of like when you said, like set a date and go and see how it is. Yeah. I think that also like, there's not really much to talk about before you meet and there should be a lot to talk about after yeah. you meet if it's going well. Nikki, going back to something that you said, like 
you know, you said don't chase as a woman. And like, I agree with that completely. But Mm -hmm. every now and then someone will message me and they'll be like, but like, what if he's shy? And I'll be like, there's literally no such thing as shy for guys. Like if he's interested, he'll go after you. But I don't know. Am I wrong? Like, is there such thing as shy or is it just like insecure? I think there's probably such a thing as shy, but like ask yourself, do you really want to be with someone who like, it doesn't have the wherewithal to ask you out in the first place. But secondly, if this is so important to you, then you know what? Set a date, push for intimacy. Hey, I'm free Tuesday night at seven. If that works for you, take me out. And if it doesn't choose another date, time and place, and I'll be there. And if that does, and that's like, listen, yeah. that's as plain as simple as it gets. And that's so alpha on the girl's part, like respect. I love it. If a girl did that to me as a shy guy, I'd be like, Wow, cool. Yes. Tuesday 7, I'll be there. Thank you. Yeah, and if, <laughs> if he's shy and not asking you out, like, if you end up doing it, like, you're not gonna... Like, it's it's at least a win if he ends up responding and, go, and it goes well. Like, there's nothing really to lose. Yeah. yeah, exactly. What are some things that you guys both would do if you were really interested in someone and, like, it was heading in the direction of, like, boyfriend, girlfriend, or whatever? Um you know, starting with you, Jenna, just like so that anyone listening can can kind of know the telltale signs. Uh, like what I would do specifically in, in what? I think like, would you do something nice for them that like you usually like, would you go out of your way to like mm-hmm. introduce them to your friends early? Would you, um, you know, it's harder as as the girl to answer this because you're technically the one being pursued. So it's like, well, I would respond yeah. to them and like that shows <laughs> it enough. Definitely. I, I kind of agree with Nikki in the sense that I think that the guy should chase. And so I often don't like ask, I won't ask them to hang out. Um, like I'll always wait for them to ask me to do something until it's been quite a bit of time. And like, I know that we're kind of on the level where we both like each other and it is going somewhere, but I guess just really, I think active listening and like being there for them and being really present in -hmm. the moment when you're in person with them is super important. Um, and kind of making sure that like they feel heard and like they're valuable and just being consistent in that way. That's something super important to me. And I feel like that can often be overlooked and not many people do that. And so I think that's very important. Yeah. What about you, Nikki? Yeah. There's seven days in a week, right? That's a lot of days, you know? Yeah. Like if I go on a first date with someone and you know, I want to see them again, you know, two or three days later, I think it's appropriate to be like, Hey, I want to see you again. If I'm not seeing them. I'll probably be seeing someone else. If, so if that's the person I like, let's make it work. You can, you know, that's appropriate. And then I'm going to flex my love language, which is quality time. And I'm going to show them that's my love language and not by telling them, but by being like, Hey, you know, I had the blast with you Saturday night, like are you free Wednesday. And then they're like, and then if, if that bites, then great. So yeah, I just, I'm very much like unapologetically myself. That's what I've really learned. Like the more you game and it doesn't work, the more you like hate yourself for it. You're like, what if I just been myself? Right. The more you're yourself and it doesn't work, you're like, hey, I was myself. Like, I think I, people you know, have options just, don't play games, really. So I yeah. go back. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's a really good point. I feel like that can go both ways too. Like, but it's different for girls. And like, I hate this double standard, but like if a girl like, played the game or like, you know, played hard to get and it didn't work out, then she can't really say like, what if I was myself? You know what I mean? I don't do the hard to, so I, the PSA, the hard to get thing is like a big turnoff for me. So like, I really put myself out there 
And again, I'm not being super vulnerable, but I am, you know, I'm being a bit vulnerable and I'm putting my cards on the table. And if I get the sense that's not enough for somebody and I try and I try and it's not being, re- it's not being reflected back on me and like that they want this and that they pre- like appreciate all that. I'm very much like, wait a second. I just put my best foot forward and it's not being received with love. No, nah, not for me. And that, and I don't, I'm not like self-loathing about it. I'm like, whoa, I, I did great. That person's, you know, not right. And then that's, that's the end of it. Yeah. That's interesting because I actually went, so I met someone the other day um, mm-hmm. and he came up to me in the street and we ended up, it ended up being like really great. Like we ended up hanging out and he was leaving like in a week. Um, and cause he doesn't live here. And so he had asked me out like literally every day. And so I was like, Oh, maybe I should, shouldn't be so available, but I ended up just going out like three, four days in a row. Um, and kind of just putting your self like out there and just, you know, you know, not being scared and playing the game and wondering what he'll think and just going for it is really, I think that's awesome. Yeah. I think, so I agree. I think I also like have been burned in a situation where I've done that. So it's hard to like condone it per se. Like I actually was dating this guy who is like for sure a narcissist, but I didn't know that at the time. And he like similar to what you were explaining, Nikki, like he was really into me. And so he like wanted to see me like all the time and every day. And like, like I liked him. And so I would do it. And And it became the kind of thing where like he was so into me in the beginning. And Mm -hmm. then like, because I was like available and like, you know, whatever, like we hung out so much, like he eventually kind of got over the relationship. Like when I was first getting into it because he had like put everything in right away. So I feel like that's like a big thing that could be scary to like women, at least like if a guy is like, being super vulnerable in the beginning or like, as they say, like quote unquote, love bombing, like saying like, you know, I really like you. I really love you. Like right away. Then that can make a woman feel like this is going to go away if I reciprocate it, you know? Was he saying like how much he liked you? Yeah. Yeah. No, he was. There's a sustainability aspect to it. Like you have to pull back. Like let's say you're in your head. You're like, listen, like I could probably convince this person to be intimate with me tonight like I could probably like you know maybe maybe uh, this person will definitely kiss me tonight if I go in for it but then you hold back and you're like you know what I want to see this person again we're in no rush all of a sudden there's a sustainability there that leads you into the second date and with emotional like card you know putting your cards out and love bombing etc sure you can do that you have to train yourself to hold those back a little bit and say, wait, wait, I want a second date. Let's let that carry over. So it's a bit of a self-control thing. And it's not on, you know, it's not on the other person's responsibility to make you, you know, keep those cards closer to your chest. It's on you, you know, and you have to force yourself to do that. Yeah. And it's, I actually kind of often have gotten a lot of love bombing and people saying like how amazing it is. And I've never felt a connection like this at the beginning. And now I kind of run when I hear that. That's a big red flag for me. So when I was thinking about this guy, it was interesting because he never, it was like the quality time he actually like showed up in his actions, but he never really said any of those things. So that was interesting to me because I like that a lot better. At least how, he didn't do that. <laughs> how did that end? So he actually, um, he doesn't live here. So like he left. And I think that's also why I wanted to see each other a lot because he was leaving, but we're in touch and 
We'll see. Maybe where, where maybe does we'll he live again? Um, he's from Connecticut, but right now he travels a lot for work. He's younger, but he's in London right now. And then just last question about this. What was his approach to you on the street? He like was waiting for me. We were like outside a subway and like was looking around for me. And I was like very startled when he was talking to me. And he was like, Oh, do you have a boyfriend? I'm so sorry. And I was like, no, no, it's, it's fine. Like, and you just started talking. Like he didn't even have a line or anything. He just like started talking and that's how it was. Wow. Good for him. A lot of confidence. Right. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. So as you guys know, we do these poll questions on our Instagram. So I'm going to ask you guys some rapid fire questions and hear your thoughts. Is it normal to get in a funk around the one year mark with a significant other or is it a sign you should break up? Do you want a full answer? Like a long winded answer? Um, Like I kind of want a yes or no, but if you have a good explanation, I want to hear it. I think that when the chase ends, and people are really settling into themselves, the initial allure of the relationship, which is often the chase, is no longer there. So that initial allure is gone. So there needs to be a huge amount of emotional compatibility and trust and common ground and common interest. And if that's there by the year mark, you should be good. But if that's not there and the chase is done, you're in trouble. So yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, there's always the honeymoon phase at the beginning. I don't think that really lasts much longer than eight months or so comes up on the year mark. And so there's always, I feel like there always is going to be a change around that time, but just matters like how much. I agree. I feel like it's just like a different relationship is beginning. Yeah. Do you cuddle with one night stands? (laughs) No, no. I I don't really have one night stands. I've never had a one night stand. Can you believe that? It's crazy. (laughs) When you get married, do your significant others cousins become your cousins or are they always your partner's cousins partner's cousins yeah partner's cousins i agree i feel like it's weird when like you have a mother-in-law and you call her mom i don't like that yeah creeps me out (laughs) if you're on a date with someone and they barely ask you questions about yourself like you feel like you're asking more slash leading the conversation is this a red flag or could they be nervous or bad at small talk red flag i'm out Red flag. I agree. Like, you don't want to be with someone that's that bad at small talk. Yeah, entertain me. I'm there to entertain you and myself. You're there for the same reason. Like, exactly. That's not happening. This isn't an interview. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Can a relationship survive if the beginning had a lot of drama, like attempted breakups, crying, uncertainty? Mm. Yeah, but it'll never be as interesting. So I think if you loved that drama and that intensity, you're going to have a hard time replicating it afterwards. And I think that there's like a lot of like lows, like breakups and that, like Mm. it's going to inevitably be the high low type of relationship that is not sustainable. Yeah. That's such a good point that like, you won't be interested when it's like the boring part. Um, That reminds me of, Carrie and Big and Sex in the City like she loved the drama and then like when things got like mundane she was like it's time to cheat <laughs> yeah stimulation junkies you know they love the stimulation yeah. when yeah. that dies down it doesn't matter what form it's in bad or good it's like making you a little excited like you, you want to hang on to it totally. and that's uh, unsustainable do you guys get more matches on Bumble or on Hinge? I deleted Bumble I don't use Bumble yeah we don't we're not Bumblers Wow. Okay. There you go. There you have it. So is it, there's no chase. It it eliminates the chase. No, I, I agree. Like, I hate I that. Like I think Bumble's guy. for yeah. lazy guys. Like, no. 
I don't like yeah. that at all. Have you ever blacked out and done something that you never would have done sober? Example, cheat. Yeah. Yeah. I'm Guys. sober now. Oh my God, I've, same. I, I've like, yeah, I have like pretty long-term sobriety because I've done terrible things when, you know, <laughs> things that I don't feel Wait, good about. Nikki, you I never mentioned that. that when I came on your podcast. I, you know what? I, I don't talk about it too much, but actually I just had a guest on our show who's an absolute stud who's sober and we got into, uh, we got into sobriety. So now I'm, I'm yeah, awesome. I am. Who is the guy? Yeah. This guy named Mike S. Okay. Um, can he, I ask how long you've been sober? I've been sober for the most part since I'm 23 years old. Really? I could have sworn yeah. that I, when I ran into you at, um, uh, at Hasselon, I could have sworn you were drunk. That's why I said for the most part. Okay. okay. <laughs> no, it's been, it's been, listen, I've had, it's, it's been, um, how many days now? Sober, briefly not. And I really hated it when it was not, I tested mm. the waters again to see if after long-term sobriety, if I, uh, if I wanted to try drinking again, I decided I want to try it again. I decided that was a terrible mistake and now back to sobriety and I'm a much happier man for it. I love that. Yeah. Sober yeah. is the way to go. Is it weird or cute for a guy to bring flowers to a first date? Oh, epic. I love that. I don't like it. Really? Why? Oh, it's a bit too much, but it's really nice to set, like to send them like after they, if you really like them or. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I hear you. I feel like it's like, you don't even know me. That's like the vibe. Yeah. hundred percent the vibe. Like, if there's like a buildup, like if you've been talking to them, which you shouldn't be, but if you've been talking to them before mm-hmm. that, or you knew them like in high school and you're like reuniting, then I think it's cute. Okay. I agree with that. Mm-hmm. I went on a first date. I knew I liked this girl immediately. I knew I was going to date her. And after the date, we walked out of the restaurant and there was a gentleman selling flowers. I bought all the flowers and handed them to her. Oh, that's really that's cute. That's really cute. I like that. that was, I love yeah. that. She loved that. I love that. I, I'm, I would I'm be so happy. Guy. Me too. Yeah. That's really cute. Um, guys, this has been so much fun. Before we end every episode, we do quotes or pieces of advice that you might have for our listeners. Jenna, do you want to go first? Okay. So I actually have like a few quotes that I kind of live by. I actually have like this whole advice sheet that's like advice for my children. When I'm, that's really I can cute. Give them, I can give it to them because like you forget things and like you get better at things and you forget you would have wanted this advice. So um, I'll have three main quotes that I'll say. If you don't heal from what hurt you, you'll bleed on people who didn't cut you. Mm. And then stop relying on someone else to make you feel better about yourself. And then lastly, you can't fix people. They can only fix themselves. I love that. And I agree with all of that advice. Mm-hmm. What about you, Nikki? Yeah. My mantra is, you know, the only thing worse than rejection is regret. And life is not a dress rehearsal. Stop apologizing for being yourself. Live every moment to the fullest. Lean in for the kiss. Say the funny thing you're thinking. Take that risk. Listen to that voice in your head. That's your authentic self. Trust it actively discover beauty in everyone everything every and everywhere and every day try and do better beautiful beautiful where can everyone find you guys listen to the podcast possibly slide into either of your dms yes (laughs) 
So we are we are not saints live on Instagram. You can find we are not saints on Apple, Spotify, anywhere you get your podcasts. I'm Nicholas L Hammond on Instagram and Jenna. Yeah, and I'm Jenna Wolf, Wolf underscore Jenna on Instagram. You can get there through We Are Not Saints Live. Awesome. Thank you, guys. Thanks so much. It was great. Thank you so much. You're amazing. Thank you.